Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off, another football roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and Ewan Patterson from What Culture Football here to discuss another burning football issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts. As I said, though, I am joined by Ewan Patterson, a Liverpool fan, and who better than a Liverpool fan to tell us how Man City can catch them next season. But before we get into that, Ewan, uh, it is Liverpool-Manchester City tonight. They're going to be giving you a guard of honour. There are still lots to play for with all their records on the line. How do you see tonight going from the guard of honour onwards? I'm looking forward to it. Did you see what Danny Murphy was chatting about last week, being like about Kevin De Bruyne and Liverpool players and thinking that the guard of honour would be silly because not all the Liverpool players are fitted up to, to lace his boots or something. I'm just like, <laughs> someone's bitter about being silly by Rafa Benitez but uh, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it it's going to be a good game you know even aside from the the context of the title race and the fact that the the league's all wrapped up it should be a good contest it's, I think most people would agree that you know Liverpool City has been the standout fixture in the Premier League for the past you know, two or three seasons now so a lot to be excited about uh, looking forward to the Guard of Honour I mean people make too much of a big deal about it who cares really but um, looking forward to the game itself and obviously the records that are there to be to be taken yeah, how do you see both teams setting up? Because I've I've heard arguments from both sides here. You've had some people saying, get all the Liverpool players out of your fantasy football side because that's it for them. They're sort of done. They've achieved what they wanted to. But like we mentioned, they've all got those records they still want to achieve. And then on the Man City side of things, there's an argument to be made that maybe they'll start resting players. I mean, it's not a great deal for them to play for. If you assume that they will not get Champions League football next season, then their target will surely be... FA Cup to go with their EFL Cup and of course the Champions League which starts or restarts I should say at the beginning of August so how do you see things playing out today? Yeah I mean I still think they'll want to like go for it you know Guardiola is obviously competitive I don't think they're going to be massively rotating or anything tonight I think they'll put out a strong lineup and obviously like you said the the main focus right now is on the FA Cup and the Champions League when it resumes uh, in, in, in one month's time I should say um so yeah i expect both sides to put out a strong lineup i don't expect it to be you know maybe there'll be a couple instances of rotation here and there but i don't necessarily think it's going to be a case of just we'll play the kids and then just whatever mm. happens happens he'll want to lay down this game as a, as a marker for next season as well not that city has anything to prove in terms of their title winning credentials because we all know that they're going to go again and go hard again 
next season on top of all the other success they've had over the past couple of seasons. But I think it will do them a bit of good today if they were to kind of bloody the nose, um, as it were. Not that I see that happening, but it could potentially be a thing. Uh, you're heading to the Etihad. Uh, it's going to be a weird atmosphere, of course, surrounding the whole thing. Uh, score prediction for tonight? I think it's going to be 2-1 Liverpool. Um, I think... I just I don't I don't rate City's defence at the moment. Um I think they've got major weaknesses in full back positions. Um and yeah, I don't know. I think based on what I saw um when they came to Anfield, I thought they looked kind of lost and aimless at times. Um so yeah, I, I see this I see us winning this one, even after the celebrations from last week. <laughs> Uh, so looking ahead to next season, uh, we've talked uh, on podcasts recently. Obviously, we talked about Liverpool's uh, sensational season, then looked ahead, which is well worth checking out if you haven't listened to that. We've done stuff uh, about Arsenal, about Manchester United, Chelsea uh, as well. Uh, it's not that there's going to be a straightforward answer to this question, but how do Man City catch Liverpool next season? Um, well, the, the obvious answer is to address the weaknesses in the squad um, at full-back. I think that's been the problem position for Guardiola since he came in. And he, God knows he's chucked so much money at those <laughs> positions just trying to just get... Carl Walker, go, save us. Uh, Mendy, you, you can do a job. We've got Jao Cancelo and stuff like that. And obviously it just hasn't been working and it's something they're going to have to address. And also, you know, the, the big company-sized uh, elephant in the room as well and the fact that they don't have... They, they didn't replace him from last season. Laporte's been out injured for a while. Obviously, he's come back in. But, you know, it, they need a quality partner for, for Laporte, I think. And then that will put them in good, you know, standing to continue on. Um, I also kind of thought as well, going off from, you know, they've recently been reported this week that Leroy Sané is going to go to Bayern Munich. Um, I think City have really missed him this season. Mm. Um, I think he's one of the best wingers the Premier League seen. Um, he's whenever he's played, he's been fantastic. Um, and yeah, it's, not that I'm surprised that he's leaving because obviously he wasn't starting many games. Mm. You know, some people have raised the prospect that maybe Guardiola didn't trust him playing on the left at the same time as Mendy's playing, and also Sterling wants to play on the left as well. So yeah, but I do think they've missed his directness at times. So that's something they're probably going to have to look at. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think you know City had the best squad in the league in terms of depth and you know everything that's going on there. So it's all about addressing those couple of weaknesses, centre back and full back particularly. Maybe finding you know maybe more rotate. I don't know. I think Jesus is good enough to be you know compete with Aguero. So you know they have an amazing squad. It's just about centre back and full back. I would say. Before we get into the laundry list of players they could potentially sign, I think there's a tendency with Man City in particular, uh, alongside some of the other big sizes, to just sort of throw money at the problem. Let's talk about the squad they currently have. As you mentioned there, they've, they're losing Leroy Sane, they're losing David Silva, who's mm -hmm. been an excellent servant to the club at the end of this season. Um, who is going to be key for them next season? Obviously, you mentioned there Laporte, who was a huge... I mean, to be fair... There's not many teams who could have kept up with Liverpool this season when you look at how many points they've dropped. Obviously, City, uh, I think they've lost more games this season. I'm going to talk about that in due course as well uh, than the previous two Premier League campaign campaigns combined. But uh, yeah, which players are key for them now going forward? Um, Fernandinho's still got another year in his contract, hasn't he, I believe. I, I think, you know, he's, whether he's been playing at centre-back or playing in midfield, you know, he's, he's getting on in the years now, but still like a fantastic player, mm. one of the best holding mids in the Premier League. Um, and, you know, they're going to depend on his leadership going forward as well. De Bruyne, obviously, you know, just like, 
a class player. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where you look at the way City have built up. I feel as though when I look at their back line, and even though Edison is a quality goalkeeper as well, it kind of reminds me of um, the shakiness that we at Liverpool had up until we got Alisson and Van Dijk in, and you mm. had that confidence in your back line. Edison, for all that he is a great goal, uh, goalkeeper, you know, a great distributor of the ball, great shot stopper, whatever, he is a little bit rash, like we saw when he murdered um, Garcia the other week. And I do think that maybe there's an element of, you know, distrust between the back line and Edison. I think there's a lot of stuff going on there where maybe players don't feel, you know, that confident. There's that whole reluctance I see sometimes in the fullbacks to press on or whether to, you know, come back and kind of hold the play. So, yeah, I mean, key players, obviously, Laporte, Fernandinho, De Bruyne, Sterling, obviously, as well. Mm. Um, I think probably those are the, the, main, the main trio. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, they've got a sensational squad, Man City, and uh, certainly in the past couple of years, it's seemingly been uh, a case of not adding these huge signings, just tweaking it a little bit and adding extra players where you can. Is the difference this this transfer window going to be the fact that, like you say, they may need a marquee signing to, to kick on? Mm, I mean, to be fair, you know, they had that big spending spree when they last, well, the, the, the year before, the 2017-18 campaign, they spent out, what, like over £100 million mm. on players. You know, they got Bernardo Silva in. They got um, Mendy in that same year. And then Laporte in January. Uh, and then last year they they got Cancelo in, so again a pretty hefty you know price to pay for for a player. Um, yeah, I mean they're, they're going to go out and spend. I don't think of all the the clubs you know who have had to react to the current ongoing situation. I think they've probably you know won't have weathered the storm, had to weather the storm as much as other clubs, I should say. Um, but it, you know it remains to be seen whether they go in for someone like a Nathan Ake from Bournemouth or. You know, someone a lot, or maybe even um, I believe Milan Skriniar from Inter Milan has been kind of uh, been talked up as well. So mm. depends. I, I see them going, or even Koulibaly as well from Napoli. Obviously, he's been linked recently. So yeah, I see them going out and getting another centre back to partner Laporte, and then it'll be a cliche, but they need to sort out that full back position. It's so weird how that has like played out over the last. Um, last few seasons. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Man City, as well as Liverpool, in fact, are really strengthening their youths, uh, youth sides. And I sense that these are the two sides we're going to see battling out for the Premier League for quite a few years to come as a result of that. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But let's talk about potential signings. One that really caught my eye that I wanted to talk to you about. Some suggestions that Man City could be in for Jack Grealish. Uh, obviously, his name has been banded about, uh, especially with Villa's struggles in the Premier League. Could Jack Grealish be the difference maker for Man City next season, do you think? I don't think City have found wanting for creativity. And that's one <laughs> of those trans- that, that, that's a transfer that really kind of raises my eyebrows a bit. Because I know Manchester United have been linked with him a lot recently as well. Again, I, I have question marks over the, that move as well. I mean, obviously, Grealish is a quality player, a really good player. Um, excuse me. But yeah, I don't know. It, if he joins City... I don't see where, you know, where does he play in that team? Um, and again, as I said earlier on, I feel as though City are missing the directness of Sane. I think they need a player that can run at defences and get the ball in quickly um, and then have that defensive solidity at the back as well. Um, which, you know, I wouldn't really say Grealish is that. Obviously, he's involved in a really, really difficult relegation battle at the minute. And, you know, any team that signs Jack Grealish, he will improve the team. But I, I don't know if he would be a difference maker. I don't think it's necessarily what, you know, I don't think City needed another good ball playing uh, attacking player. Yeah, I think I think this, I'm, I'm torn on this, uh, probably because I've got so many friends who are Aston Villa fans who are consistently singing the praises of Jack Grealish. There's a part of me, and it's probably the part of me that does this sort of thing on FIFA that thinks, well, if you have Fernandinho sort of sitting and then you have De Bruyne alongside Grealish as these attacking mm. ball playing midfielders and then you know like you say whoever you really want uh running at defenses Sterling Jesus Aguero it's exciting but then you also think hang on let's let's not get carried away you feel like potentially Grealish might get lost in the shuffle a bit and might might just be sitting and coming on for De Bruyne perhaps yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, Mahrez has obviously gotten more minutes recently, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, he's a decent example of where we're looking at with him. You know, he's, he's really kind of, I'm going to say he's cemented himself in Guardiola's plans now. Obviously, you know, he doesn't start every game, but it did take a little while for him to be integrated into the side. So, but again, like a player like Mahrez, you'd think that he'd go at any club and he'd automatically go in the start in 11 or whatever. And obviously, you know, every squad now needs um, strength and depth and quality off the bench and whatever. Um but I feel as though Grealish is one of those players where I just I, I don't see him bringing anything different to what City have. I could be wrong there, but you know, I I, I think City already have that kind of area well covered. Be interesting to see how Phil Foden reacts to this news as well, because he's come on leaps and bounds this season. Yeah, exactly. You know, Foden looks like the real deal, doesn't he? Um, and, you know, I think City would do well when Silver, when David Silver leaves. You know, Guardiola has come out and said that he thinks Foden is good enough to play in that position and basically inherit the mantle almost of David Silver. I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, high praise being heaped on young players or whatever, and there's a risk of overhyping him, but he does generally look the real deal. Looks a really solid player, really good attacking and creative threat. And I think City would do well to, um, as they did with Zinchenko as well, I believe, you know, just mm. really, you know, focus on their youth uh, and bring that through, you know, rather than throwing money at all their problems like they've been doing for the past few years. And I think Foden, you know, that's a great story for the club as well. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's local, he loves the team. Um, it makes sense for him to play there. And I definitely would say that if City are looking out and are looking to get a Grealish, I think a lot of City fans might be rolling their eyes about that, thinking, oh, desperately, you know, oh, we could finally have a local lad who supports the team actually in the side. And then having to think, oh, do we, do we want Jack Grealish to come in and just 
uh, you know what I mean? It's kind of like that thing we have to weigh up there because everyone at the end of the day wants to see a fan in the team. Mm. Uh, you alluded to it a little bit earlier on, and it's a fairly obvious take that people have had, uh, especially since the uh, Premier League was decided. But there's been a huge gap in that City side ever since uh, Vincent Company departed. You mentioned Kalidou Koulibaly uh, from Napoli there. He could be right at the top of City's list in terms of signings. Yeah, and they could totally go out and get him. You know, I think the price being mooted is something above 80 million euros or something even above there. I think, you know, is 29. He's in the prime of his career and everyone knows how good he is. He's, you know, he's been talked about having a transfer to like a Premier League or Spanish side for, for ages now, it seems. Yeah. You know, Liverpool are perennially linked with Koulibaly. Um, but, you know, I think it was in the papers of the day that, you know, we've ruled out signing him, which makes sense because even though he'd be incredible alongside Van Dijk, you know, we have a Joe Gomez and we have um, Joel Matip and and, and Dejan Lovren, Sai. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I think Koulibaly, he makes sense for City. It's another case of, oh, God, they're going to, you know, buy the league or whatever. <laughs> I realise I'm filling out every single cliche right now. <laughs> But, you know, it would be one of those transfers to be like, oh, my God, how have they got him? That's such a good, you know, such an essential piece of the puzzle that they could fill there. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's been moved around along with Ake um, from Bournemouth. So I, I, I have no idea who they might end up signing. One other name I want to quickly mention is Leon Bailey from Bayer Leverkusen, who's another mm. player who's constantly being linked with uh, big sides here in England. Yeah, Bailey's really good. I, I thought after, you know, he was kind of, everywhere like one or two seasons ago mm. and then it seems as though as Leverkusen have improved um Havertz has kind of taken the the most hyped player mantle <laughs> from that squad um you know there's talk of Havertz going to Chelsea or you know I think he's probably Bayern bound at this point um but yeah Bailey would be a great example I think it would be really interesting to see him in the Premier League and you know he does bring that directness um that City are lacking at times I feel um so, yeah, maybe he would be a great addition. Um, yeah, great player. <laughs> um, I'd mentioned Liverpool's incredible record this season and, like you say, all the potential records they could still break. Um, and we mentioned when we talked about Liverpool winning the Premier League about where the title was won. Where was the title lost for Man City? Was it the fact of potentially not killing games off or potentially just letting their heads drop a little bit when they... When they were, were chasing a game. I'm thinking about the fact, you know, Wolves did the double over them this season, this season uh, as did Manchester United. Obviously, uh, Liverpool got that result, which was shrouded in controversy and <laughs> gesticulating at officials. But at the end of the day, the technology is there nowadays. And you think, obviously, about the Norwich result early on in the season and that draw with Spurs again with VAR controversy. Where was the crucial game for you? Let's say aside from the Liverpool game, because I feel yeah. like those sort of games are a bit of a toss-up and this season hasn't sort of rested on that result solely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember, you know, as the, the season was kind of progressing, I was kind of shocked at the amount of points that City were dropping. Um, it was like, obviously, you know, you focus on your own team's games, then occasionally pay attention to what City are getting up to because you should expect them, even when they're like a goal down or whatever, mm -hmm. to then, you know, come back and win the game. But I kept on noticing that as the season was going on, that kept on not happening and um, the Norwich result did stick out in my mind you know away from home against um, you know all due respect to Norwich um, probably one of the worst performing Premier League sides in history um, in recent history I should say um, City should have gone out and won that game and I mm. wonder if that put them on a bad because that was early on in the season as well yeah. 
I do I do wonder if that maybe put them on the bad footing for the rest of the campaign. You know, you meant to go out and blow away the competition and they did the, the, the you know the the exact opposite of that and they were definitely you know defensive their defensive fragility was kind of typified in that game um and yeah again it just feels as though they're lacking something at the back um ever since they've lacked that kind of you know the the imperious presence of company mm, yeah i i distinctly remember that game i think i was out shopping with the missus and i, I walked past uh, a bar that had it on glanced in to sort of say Oh, I wonder how many fantasy football points I've scored and saw <laughs> saw what the score was. And just like you say, you just thought it was a given. Uh, I should I've mentioned all in there, Wolves, Liverpool, United, Spurs, uh, Norwich. And I've neglected to mention other results, in particular, Newcastle, uh, a draw against Man City that mm-hmm. was, uh, I mean, we were there last season when Newcastle got a result against City. They've got a few bogey sides, haven't they now? Yes, and the you know, the thing that I've just remembered there as well, you know, we're talking about them, they've been conceding more. They've also been conceding first a lot more as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just a case of, like, they'll go out and score a bunch in the first half and then maybe, you know, lose the concentration. It was a case that I saw a lot of sides getting a goal early on and City finding it difficult to get back into the game. And when they did, you know, there were a lot of times they did come back, you know, I, I believe the same week we had that um, that that result against Aston Villa, which I pointed to the other week as being, you know, a very pivotal game in the title race. Um, City had come back, I believe, against Southampton. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was the same week as well. But again, you know, making the job more difficult for themselves, constantly having to, like, you know, come back. Um, and they weren't controlling the games as well. And obviously, Typical Man City performance, you think under Guardiola, they're just, you know, like 150 billion percent possession and like, you know, 50 billion passes and then like, you know, a, a great like dinked ball in the box or whatever and then, you know, a goal. But, you know, it was never, it, it never felt as though they were able to maintain control a lot of the time this season. Um, and, you know, the Wolves results as well, that really did stand out to me, you know, Traore running at the fullbacks, being direct, um, which again, you know, could be something City need. Uh, as we wrap up here, uh, I glanced at a report. Granted, it wasn't in the Manchester Evening News, so slightly biased potentially, uh, <laughs> suggesting that Man City were just uh, favourites for next season ahead of Liverpool, of course. But we've done reports over the last few days and discussions about, as I said, Chelsea, uh, Arsenal to a certain extent, uh, and Manchester United. Could you see any other sides challenging for the title next season, or is it is it a two horse race for you? Uh- and the interesting thing is that I think there are a lot of teams in the Premier League who are close to challenging for the title. And yes, I would put Manchester United in that position. Um, I think they have a very good squad now. Um, definitely some fragility there. Definitely need you know improvement in a lot of areas. I don't necessarily think Solskjaer is the right man for the job either. But you know you can see that they are only you know I want to say two or three steps away from putting together a really balanced squad that could go on and challenge for honours. Um, Chelsea as well, another really exciting young team. So there's an element of unpredictability there, as we saw this week when they lost against West Ham. So I still think that two. I, th- I still think it'll be a battle between Liverpool and uh, Man City. But certainly, I do think that Chelsea and Man United, in particular, are just a couple of signings away from you know building something. Uh, and that's you know I don't I don't necessarily think Leicester are there yet. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers is a good manager. Uh, and, you know, that he's being backed at Leicester. 
but again, I don't. I, I think if any team is going to upset the you know the, the dominance of of City and Liverpool over the next couple of seasons, it'll be a Chelsea. It'll be a Man United because those are the two teams who are best again, best prepared to deal with the effects of what's everything of everything that's going on right now. Chelsea have signed Hakim Ziyech. They've 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 signed Timo Werner. Um, so again, a lot to consider with that squad. Well, you know, it's looking like they're going to bolster it again uh, going forward. Man United linked with Sancho. Um, whether that transfer is going to go through or not, we don't know. But again, they've got exciting young players like Greenwood. So yeah, I don't know. I think United and Chelsea are probably the two teams who are best poised to end that dominance. Although I will clarify, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Well, there you have it. Uh, do let us know your thoughts uh, on Manchester City, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea and Man United's chances in the comments section below. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts. Plus, you can let us know your thoughts on Twitter at What Culture FC. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You and where can people find you on Twitter? You and ruins things. You can find me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all, as I said, at What Culture FC. But this has been It's All Kicking Off. My thanks to you and Patterson. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.